nature of God our Heavenly Father revealed in today's sermon text first to him who loved us and washed us from our sins by his blood and made us kings and priests to God the Father to him be all glory and dominion forever and ever amen and the text again this Sunday is the fourth appointed uh, scripture for the occasion not only a reading epistle holy gospel but also a psalm is designated each Sunday and today it's not again the entire psalm but just a small portion of the psalm in Christ's name I've titled this little series therefore Just a couple of lines from each Sunday's psalm, not knowing how many Sundays I would be with you. Indeed, now knowing this is the final installment of this little series. And the psalm is 145. I'll mention other parts. It's actually the longest section I picked in this series. Two verses and from a different translation not the English Standard Version I normally read not the New International Version that's in your pews but today from the King James Version Psalm 145 15 and 16 the eyes of all wait upon thee and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. In Christ's name, I, I do know that verse first from the King James Version I, I'm sure although I don't have a real recollection from from uh, my younger years my confirmation Bible was a King James Bible but also as an adult teaching uh, the first article of the Creed I wish it had worked out so we could have used it today I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth we uh, emphasize the meaning he provides for all my needs and this verse is quoted in the materials I, I use for the newcomer class what does the Bible say although it's now in a more modern translation for years I only had it in King James and it just seems to sound right. Thou givest. Thou openest. Thou satisfiest. It, it just seems more poetic and, and more personal. There are other scriptures, of course, th that have the same characteristic as a, a little aside today. I'll put some up on the screen for you if you don't catch them all contact me 
and I'll share this list with you. Two weeks ago, we had Psalm 23. We still use the King James Version often in funerals. It just sounds right. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Just hard to read it any other way. I won't quote all of these here. Proverbs chapter 3 is my daughter's confirmation verse. And although she did not hear it from the King James Version when I laid my hand on her head, it's Still sounds better here. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. You catching the drift here? There are others like Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. We even sing it that way still, right? And his righteousness, that actually is an acceptable translation. Not its, but his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Of course, John 3, 16 sounds the best in the King James Version. But there's one other I've got to quote here today, and that's John chapter 14, the night before Jesus died. Some of his last words before the crucifixion in the King James, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And by the way, the King James Version is more accurate many times than some modern translations. I looked that one up. Let not your heart, modern translations say hearts, but the Greek has heart. The plural pronoun, y'all, your one heart. We have one heart together. Let it not be troubled in Christ. Indeed. Thou givest them their meat. I'm not sure why the King James translated the word for, for food here as meat. Thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. I'm going to go through those three actions in a minute. But before I do, the start of Psalm 145, 15, I, I, I think also is, is more resonant in this King James Version, although other versions have it. And maybe one last time, it's been somewhat of a theme in this pastor's sermons in this past year to show you something like that. That's not my dog, never was. Oh, never will be. I found that on the internet, but I've got pictures of my dogs throughout the years looking just like that. 
the verses today open the eyes of all wait upon thee I typed it wrong on the screen wait upon thee you dog owners know this if you've got a treat or it's time to eat they're so focused on you watching every movement of the dog bowl oh to be that way with our God we look to God that translation but oftentimes it's with a look of, of fear and terror either because of our sin rightly or because of problems in our life it needs to be that positive waiting knowing he is going to provide and indeed he does thou givest it says here thou openest thou satisfiest I am going to get a little technical again here today another mark of my sermons I, I, I always try to look at the original languages of, of the scriptures I preach and a few weeks ago I had some convoluted explanation of the Hebrew tenses this one may be too but I notice all three of these in Hebrew are participles giving you are giving opening you are opening satisfying you are satisfying but those could also be translated as nouns you are the giving one the opening one the satisfying one these are characteristics of God to be giving I mean you go back to creation God wanted to extend himself right and he created the first humans in 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 his own image to give and even after the fall again our teaching on the the providence of God he still gives it's part of his nature indeed as our dear Heavenly Father will pray in a few minutes he wants to give good things the word grace basically means gift dear friend I know you I do too wonder at times if God is withholding his treasures from us we wonder because of our own sin but even that doesn't stop the heart of God even after the humans sinned and, and we contaminated that disease he was planning his Savior and John 3 16 gave his only begotten son and if he has given his son how shall he not also give us all things Romans 8 this is God's nature to give and 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 to open his hands so that we see he did that with the Israelites 1500 years before Jesus was born he showed them that he was a giving God by opening the heavens for them their food appeared on the ground manna what is it and nourish them for 40 years Jesus did it 
just before our reading, feeding 5,000 and 4,000 to show that God is, is demonstrating his giving heart by opening his hand. I love that human imagery, actually bestowing gifts. And he's doing it to you too with everything you need, the catechism, to support this body and life, we confess. I think right now in the history of Trinity Lutheran Church, we have seen that. Just God manifesting his gift. Yes, pastors are a gift from God, divinely called. But God showed us in some human ways, did he not? That he was guiding events. Suddenly we became aware of a colloquy pastor with no other call. Really fitted well with this congregation, the fellowship, the mission here. I will share with you, I brought him to the pulpit. The original email from our Texas District President, Reverend Michael Newman, he said, Dear Craig, mentioned Pastor Schusner and some of his history, noting he could be a very good fit for Trinity, matching the priorities and top needs. He and his wife are willing to move to Tyler. We knew this even before we started to consider him. And I highlighted one line from Pastor Newman. This may be a Holy Spirit moment in the divine call process that connects a pastor to a wonderful group of people. We, we saw God's hand at work, I think. Praise the Lord. Giving us not only divinely, but even in earthly ways what this congregation has needed for some time. And indeed, he gives those earthly things we saw with the manna in the Old Testament, with the miracles in the New Testament, to test, to be signs, to show even a greater gift. Not just earthly bread we celebrate today and outward things, but Jesus as the bread of life. I want to highlight that last verb, he satisfies, that's hard to say. The desire of every living thing, again, the King James is correct here, most others are too. It's singular. Thou satisfiest the desire of every living thing. I may be putting too much on that grammar but I do know from other scriptures there is one great gift. You remember the story of Jesus with the sisters Martha and Mary in Luke chapter 10. Martha was concerned about so many earthly things. Mary, Jesus said, has chosen the good portion. There is one thing needful, he told Martha. The verse I quoted, Acts chapter 6, 33. Seek ye first, King James, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, kingdom of heaven there and his righteousness, 
and all the rest shall be added unto you. That's the only gift you need. Indeed, the eyes of all, even creation looks to God for that, for the redemption he provides, for reunion, for God with us. And that has happened in Emmanuel, Jesus. When the audience in John chapter 6 asked Jesus, what works of God should we be doing? Jesus simply said, believe on the one he has sent. Recognize I am the gift you need. And he would give his body, his blood on the cross to bridge that separation between you and God forever. Rise from the dead, alive amongst us here, keeping you and God together forever. I do hope that you come across this verse again. Sometime maybe in the King James Version, maybe when you're wondering about your earthly needs, perhaps when you're wondering about the eternal need and know, praying to God indeed for everything and all thou. Oh. Because of Jesus, givest thou openest thine hand. Thou satisfy the desire. Amen.